0: Today's episode of Locked On Yankees is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gatsoulias. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. If you're a new listener to the show, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. We will be. I guess recapping the regular season because the playoffs begin tomorrow. And tomorrow's episode will be the preview of the series with Cleveland. Today, we'll just be looking back at this weekend against the Marlins, my thoughts about how I think the Yankees are going to do in the playoffs and more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked on Yankees. I'm just going to say it. The last week of the season does not give me confidence in the Yankees for the playoffs. They essentially backed into the playoffs. They were a Blue Jays loss away from being the eighth seed. Instead of the fifth seed, so things could have been a total disaster, they could have had to go down to Tampa to play three games, so at least that didn't happen. But now they're going to Cleveland to face a team they haven't seen all season. They have no idea what to expect from this matchup. If you're confident in the Yankees' ability to win this series, you're a liar. They went 2-5 and in the last seven games of the season. Now, they were only outscored by 10 because they had a couple... Their two wins were blowout wins... They beat Toronto 12-1, and they beat the Marlins 11-4. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, Toronto beat them 11-5 and 14-1. The Marlins beat them 5-0 yesterday on Sunday, which was a great way to close out the season. Again, if you're confident in this team and think that they can turn things around or turn things on in time for the playoffs, more power to you, but I don't feel it. And I think it's silly of them to believe that they can do that as well. Why couldn't they beat the Marlins? The Marlins aren't that great a team. Is it because maybe the Yankees aren't that good a team? And that what we're seeing from them for most of the season is what they actually are? Or is this a case of a team that would have just performed better if it were a 162-game season? And that 60 games aren't an indication of what this team can actually do? In any case, they finished 33-27. They finished second place in the AL East. Again, they could have finished third in the AL East and could have been the eighth seed. Thank goodness that didn't happen. They finished seven games behind the Rays. They were never under 500. They did get to that point where they were really close to 500, and then they rattled off a bunch of wins in a row. That's the frustrating part about this team. They're very hot and they're very cold. Because you're hot. As I said, the last week of the season, they were cold. They were two and five. Maybe they'll turn it on this week. But again, I'm just worried about the fact that they've never faced the Indians this season. They have no idea what they're up against. And I guess the same could be said for the Indians as well. Thankfully, the Yankees have Garrett Cole going tomorrow night, but the Indians have Shane Bieber and Shane Bieber has been really good this season. Speaking of being really good this season, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that DJ LeMayhew won the batting title, and Luke Voigt finished with the most home runs. So congrats to them. It's actually kind of scary to think about where the Yankees would be without Voigt and LeMayhew, but right now they're in the playoffs. Again, I'll go more in depth in tomorrow's show, which will be a full preview of the playoff series, which begins tomorrow night in Cleveland. So the playoffs kick off tomorrow, as I said, and the Indians and the Yankees are getting the primetime slot at 7 p.m. on ESPN, much to the annoyance of everyone else in baseball fandom. The Rays, who are the number one seed and will be playing the eighth seed Blue Jays, get a 5 p.m. slot on ABC. The two-seed Athletics will be playing the White Sox, number seven seed, 3 p.m. on ESPN. The Twins and Astros, the 3 and 6 matchup, will be 2 p.m. on ABC. Wednesday is the crazy day because that's the first day that the NL will be playing and the NL has the 2 p.m., 5 p.m., 12 p.m., and 10 p.m. slots, while the AL has the 4 p.m., 3 p.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. slot. Again, Yankees, Indians at 7 p.m., also on Wednesday. And if necessary, on Thursday, we don't know when any of the games will be, because again, we don't know. You could have two game sweeps in every series, who knows? I will say this. I'm glad it's a three-game series to start things off because the one-game playoff wildcard game is just too nerve-wracking for me. I enjoy watching it when my team isn't involved, but when the Yankees are involved in the wildcard game, it is not fun. And I always talk about how there's no room for error in a five-game series. That is doubly true for a three-game series. If the Yankees lose with Garrett Cole on the mound, they are in deep trouble. They have to win that game. Not that Tanaka... I don't expect Tanaka to do badly against the Indians, but you need to win the game with your ace on the mound. And let me say this, as someone who sat through... The series in 2007, I actually attended Game 5 and watched the Yankees lose that series against the Indians. If there's a midge problem, Aaron Boone best be taking that team off the field and refusing to let them out. I don't want any silly nonsense like a bunch of bugs to ruin the Yankees series. Not again. Uh Uh-uh. No way. Now, obviously, Cleveland was the site of something good in 2017 when the Yankees shocked everyone including their fans, by coming back and winning that five-game series against the Indians after losing especially Game 2 in the way that they lost Game 2. So you never know. In a moment, we'll be looking back at this date in Yankees history because I love doing that. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm not exaggerating. I know I talk about this a lot, but Everyone at Locked On loves Built Bar. We talk about it in our group DMs, which is kind of funny when you think about it. We all have different favorite flavors. I've talked about mine. I love mint brownie. I love salted caramel. I love coconut almond. Built Bar also has six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Oh, and there's a brand new flavor for the season. Pumpkin chocolate chip. Again, every bar is covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft and they're easy to chew, they're great if you're health conscious, they're great if you just want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in something that tastes bad for you, and they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, go to BiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. It's time to look back at this date in Yankees history. Back in 2008, in his final start of his final day, in his final year of his career, Mike Messina won his 20th game of the year, the first time he ever won 20 games in a season. He finished 20-9. and He tossed six shutout innings in Fenway Park. He was 39 years old when he did this, so he became the oldest pitcher to win 20 games for the first time. And he finished his Hall of Fame career with an even 270 wins. 15 years ago today, the Yankees' Played the Orioles in Camden Yards. We'll go through everything because you know I love doing this, and since it's 15 years, why not? It was a Wednesday, it was a 708 start. 30,539 people were at Camden Yards. This was the Yankees lineup Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Jason Giambi, Gary Sheffield, Hideki Matsui, Ruben Sierra, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, Robinson Cano. Your starter was Sean Jacone. For the Orioles, Bernie Castro, Melvin Mora, Miguel Tejada, Jay Gibbons, BJ Serhoff, Javi Lopez, Luis Matos, Chris Gomez, Geronimo Gill, and your starter was Daniel Cabrera. Now, let's see. The umpires, home plate Hunter Wendelstadt, first base Bruce Fremming, second base Mike Winters, third base Jerry Meals. Start time weather was 77 degrees, it was sunny, and the wind was 10 miles an hour out to center. Now this wasn't a high-scoring game, the Yankees won 2-1, and the scoring didn't start until the top of the sixth, when A-Rod hit a home run. And this was a big deal, because at the time, he set a new team record for home runs by a right-handed hitter. It was his 47th of the season, it moved him past Joe DiMaggio. Now, he would pass that record two years later during his 2007 MVP campaign when he smashed 56 home runs. Again, he also won MVP in 2005. Oh, I missed a home run by Javi Lopez. He hit that in the bottom of the second. It was a solo home run. Then Arod's home run was a solo home run in the top of the sixth that tied the game at 1-1. Then Derek Jeter hit an RBI single that scored Jorge Posada in the top of the seventh to put the Yankees up 2-1. That's how it would end. Mo came in in the ninth inning, pitched a 1-2-3 inning. He got Jay Gibbons to ground out, BJ Surhoff to line out, and Javi Lopez to strike out swinging on four pitches. It's kind of odd to think about those guys being on the Orioles that long ago, because it seems like it wasn't that long ago. I've mentioned how the 2000 Yankees backed into the playoffs, and 20 years ago today... They got their butts kicked by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, because they were still the Devil Rays back then. The Yankees were 87 and 71. The Devil Rays were 67 and 91. And they beat the Yankees 11-3. Let's get into it, because you know I love doing this. So it's at Tropicana Field. Start time is 7:15. The Yankees lineup is Chuck Knobloch, Derek Jeter, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, David Justice, Jose Canseco, Tina Martinez, Jorge Posada, Scott Brocious. Your starter, Roger Clemens. For the Devil Rays, Gerald Williams, Randy Wynn, Steve Cox, Fred McGriff, Ozzie Timmons, Aubrey Huff, Bob Smith, Mike DeFelice, Felix Martinez, and your starter is Brian Wrecker. Ricar, I don't recall him. Hold on, let me look at his uh, pronunciation if it's there. It's not there. Ricar. I'll say Ricar because that's how it's spelled. There are 20,000 people at Tropicana Field to watch this game. The umps are home plate Ted Barrett, first base Tony Randazzo, Ed Montague is at second, Jerry Lane is at third. And you know, I love when they do start time weather in a dome, it was 72 degrees. Okay, the Devil Rays didn't score until the bottom of the second. Ozzie Timmons hit a home run off Clemens to put them up 2-0. Derek Jeter hit a single that scored Knobloch to make it 2-1. In the bottom of the third, Randy Wynn hit an RBI single to score Felix Martinez. Put the Devil Rays up 3-1. Whew, bottom of the fourth. Oh boy. Fred McGriff led things off with a single. Ozzie Timmons struck out swinging. Aubrey Huff hit a home run. And Bob Smith hit a home run right after Huff. Back-to-back home runs. They went up 6-1 at that point. In the bottom of the fifth. Dwight Gooden came in to replace Roger Clemens. He got Randy Wynn to ground out. Steve Cox hit a double. While Fred McGriff was up, there was a passed ball, and Cox made it to third. Fred McGriff was intentionally walked to load the bases. Ozzie Timmons hit a ground out to short, so there was a force out at second. Cox scores, makes it 7-1. In the bottom of the sixth, Dwight Gooden is still pitching. Randy Wynn hits an RBI single that scores Bob Smith, who reached on an error to start the inning. It's 8-1 at that point. In the bottom of the seventh, Mike DiFelice hits a home run off Jason Grimsley. It's a three-run home run to put the double Rays up 11-1. In the top of the eighth, Bernie Williams hits a double that scores Knobloch to make it 11-2. In the top of the ninth, Glenn Allen Hill hits a solo home run to make it 11-3, and that's how it would end. So Roger Clemens picked up the loss in that game. And like I said last week in a couple of shows, I mentioned how bad the 2000 team was and how they backed into the playoffs. Someone had said on Twitter, yeah, but that team had experience. They had won three out of four, two in a row. So you would expect them to know what it's like to go into the playoffs and turn it on. And true, but... I remember thinking at the time, and I've said this on previous shows, my thought was, hey, they won two in a row, three out of four, that's great, but they're looking horrible right now, and I don't think they'll be able to turn it on in the playoffs. This is how I feel about this year's team. This year's team doesn't have the same experience as the 2000 team does, and I don't see them turning it on in the playoffs. They believe that they're going to. I saw a bunch of Instagram posts last night, um, Aaron Judge, I don't know if he bought everyone Apple Watches or something and talking about turning them on for the playoffs, which um, that's kind of bad considering all the Apple Watch stuff that happened in 2018 and why the Red Sox got in trouble. But anyway, the Yankees players believe that they'll be able to turn it on for the playoffs. I would like to believe that they're going to turn it on for the playoffs. I don't want to see them eliminated in the first round, obviously, but again, Anything can happen, so just prepare yourselves for that. It's been a strange year in every aspect of our lives, so it stands to reason that the baseball playoffs will also be very strange, and you could see a team like the Blue Jays end up winning the World Series. I will not be making any definite proclamations because I I don't even know what I'm feeling right now. Maybe I'll know more tomorrow. Again, tomorrow's show will be a full preview of the Yankees-Indians series, and it will be up early in the morning for you, so you have all day tomorrow to listen to it. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast. To your fellow Yankee fans, we would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.